Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Coaches, today before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, CoachPad. Uh, no matter if you draw scout cards by hand or use a program on your computer, CoachPad will give you back time by never stuffing a binder again before heading out to practice. First 13 0.3-inch electronic device allowing coaches to clearly display scout cards outdoors in the sun has been a game-changer for programs this past fall and those currently playing all across the country. This new technology allows coaches to coach and not the monotonous task of stuffing and dealing with binders on the practice field. Check out the CoachPad and CoachPad Mini on thecoachpad.com. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, our affiliates, and here is another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Um, today we have the head football coach of, I'm going to mess this up, Carlerville um, in Missouri. Uh, my boy Dom G, how coach? How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I mean, we just got done raining for 20 minutes before we got started. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, we spent 20 minutes just complaining and doing our normal stuff. Um, but obviously, since the last I got out, last time we no, since you started on the channel, last time we talked, we've had a couple job transitions uh, from D3 football to Yuma to, to where you're at now. What has kind of the transition like been? Because you've kind of gone from D3 align coach and strength coach to assistant athletic director and align coach to now head football coach in Missouri. Uh, what's that kind of transition been like for you? Um, it's been crazy. I mean, first, it's been a lot of moving. Um, and all the coaches know that when you have a, when you have your, job goal in your head like you have your career goal and you're going to want to do whatever you can within your means to get there so when I left college coaching I knew I wanted to be a high school coach and I wasn't a teacher at the time so you just got to take the best job available and I was very fortunate to go to Yuma Catholic and play a state title game and that was awesome um, and then this job popped open and it was right after the state championship and i was like it's an hour and a half of where i grew up in kentucky it was historically very strong program and so the the moving transition was the worst part i think learning on your feet has been the most fun part of going from a position coach to um running a program i think my college experience really helped with that especially at Keystone when we built that program from the ground up and a lot of the things that we did there um, as we're in the rebuild here, I've done. But I think the real adjustment has just been trying to learn on the fly. And as I think I read an article and one guy, I was, 
in the car, the article was something about how do you know when you're ready to be a head coach? And the first line was um, after your first season. So I didn't feel as bad as I got here. And they're like, well, you got to check on the field and you got to do this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, but it's been an awesome transition. I mean, their town's been awesome and the kids have been well receptive of everything. So it's been fun. Now, you, you mentioned that there, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. I mean, obviously, we all deal with this when we take our first head coaching job. What were some things that you kind of had to deal with that, like, oh, I didn't realize that was in the job description? Because there's a lot that, I think mean, people, <laughs> there, there's a lot. There's, I mean, you know that as well as I do. There's, whoo, there's a lot of things they don't tell you when you take a, a job. So what, what, what kind of have been some of the things, like, oh, yeah, I guess, I, I guess we do have to paint our own practice field, or, hey, I got to go deal with X, Y, Z or meet with so-and-so frequently. What are, what are some of the things that you kind of like, Oh, didn't know that was a job description. Um, I think the biggest, I mean, you know, every coach knows that there's all these media, I say medial tests, but like the ordering the t-shirts and making sure you have the right size. You don't order too many two XLs. Like I didn't have to spend more money getting medium and largest. Um, like that kind of stuff. I think the biggest thing was I sat down with my superintendent. He goes, Hey, and superintendent used to be the head football coach here. So he really knows the ins and outs of this job, but he goes, Hey, uh, did you check on the sprinkler system yet? I'm like, we have a sprinkler system. He goes, yeah, you gotta, you gotta put in a maintenance question, meet with George and get the sprinkler system going. And then you have to tell George how high you want the grass this year. You have a lot of speed. So you're going to want the grass a little shorter. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go meet, meet with George and fill out a maintenance request with him so I get exact the thing exactly right. Or because I'm we're very fortunate, I don't have to paint my own field. We have uh, Mr. Donnie, who is should win an award for what he does there. <laughs> right now, it's going to be what I the term I use with our kids is very spicy outside. So it's going to be 100 degrees this week. And I once they're off vacation, I know for a fact that he's going to have a practice field and our game field painted for our practice in seven on seven this week. So like things like that, I'm making sure that I communicate with the AD about the buses and making sure the Friday night meals are set with the booster club and communicating with the booster club and then the boosters and then all the community stuff. Like you don't, I don't think no one warned you about having to be in the community and philosophically I was going to be anyway, but when you have a football-based community being out there and shaking hands and shopping at Hayes instead of going to Dyersburg is big, and all that kind of things that seem little but are really huge in building a program. But I think the big thing is stuff like the field and making sure we have laundry loops for our kids' lifting clothes and all those little things that I never had to think about because I was the assistant that I always be like, oh, that head coach is not doing anything today. Well, guess what, guys? That head coach is doing something at all hours of the day, regardless. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I mean, that's – I mean, I speaking of sprinklers, like, I, I my retiring AD was setting that up, this, like, two weeks ago. So I was helping him fight all the valves on the field so he can – and they – so that's – that was their pro, one that are retiring in our new AD. who's not really a new AD. He's our assistant principal who now is our AD. But that's that was one of their projects. Make sure all the sprinkler systems for the summer is working throughout the property, and make sure everything's good. So, I trust me, I, I get you there. 
Um, now, kind of continuing, like, obviously, you've had 18,000 articles written about you over the past couple of weeks um, on a variety of topics. So I want to kind of hit on a couple of those. Um, I think the first one, kind of the major one was um, obviously the academic piece. I mean, we, we, we both have talked academics off screen and um, the kind of the importance of it, getting kids eligible. Um, you've done a really good job of subprating the increase of your team GPA and getting kids where they need to be. Do you want to kind of talk about kind of that prioritization and kind of getting kids where they need to be? Um, football is a vehicle for kids. Um, and, we, and I think as coaches, we have to recognize and understand that. Also, there's a lot of negativity in academics. And it's not just, that's everywhere. There's, we only got to see on this. I mean, whether it's parental pressure, teacher pressure, grammar pressure, uncle pressure. And like, I know I took my parents' approach to academics to here is, as long as you're giving maximum effort, they're okay. So for instance, um, I struggled in English in ninth and 10th grade. So I was getting seats, but my parents knew I was working at it. So it wasn't a huge deal. My math side of my brain is very good. So if I got a C in math, I knew that there was a 15 minute lecture coming from it. So we, my approach to academics is we need to support them and what they need, whether it's getting extra help and da da da. But we also have to understand that we have kids that have the ability to get all A's, kids that have the ability to get all B's. And as long as they're putting forth maximum effort, and helping them in areas that they're deficient, they'll be okay. But I think the big aspect of academics is we need to keep the negativity out of it. And by negativity, I mean, I'm not saying get on a, not, don't get on a kid if he fell asleep in class or if he was feeling like he needed some attention that day and not doing his classwork. Like that's just annoying. <laughs> There's no big coach word for that. It's just agitating. Um, but the, as we check their grades every week and as we look at their quarter report and as we see who needs summer school and all that, it comes down to this. If kid Billy, all right, he worked his tail off for that C and you walked into his teacher and he was like, look, he got a C, this is a hard class. He worked his tail off in it. I mean, he asked for extra help and this is what he got. I'm gonna celebrate that C with that kid because you know what? He gave everything he got. Same thing with the kids that get A's, same thing with the kids that would get B's, everything. If they're putting forth maximum effort, you get that report from the teacher and they go, look, he did his best. He asked for extra help. This is just not his thing. That's he, you as a coach should celebrate that. Yeah. And then on the other side, you get like, for instance, when I took over here, there was kids that just don't care about academics at all. Like you have to motivate those kids to then care about academics. So how do you do that? Well, do you want to play college football? Well, yeah. I was like, well, let me, let's look at this. Let's talk to this guy or let's do this or let's do that. Give them something to use football or give them something they can use football to then get to where they need to be academically. Because if you take the negativity out of it, it's not going to have a bad taste in the kid's mouth. He's not going to be afraid to go, coach, I got to see on this. Can you help me ask teacher X if I can get some extra help? Yeah. Or saying, hey, look, 
dude, you've had B's all semester. And I checked your weekly grade report, and you got an F on this assignment. What happened? Coach, I just didn't get it. I was like, all right, well, let's go talk to, or let's send so-and-so an email and see if they can get with you to explain it. And that's a cultural change it takes. It's not a one-year fix, but it's something that if you take the negativity aspect out of it, other than like discipline issues naturally, but the actual letter grade effort and all that stuff, if you can correct that in not a negative way, they're not going to shy away from it later. Yeah, no, perfect. Now, you, you mentioned culture change in there. We'll get to culture here in a little bit, but I think one of the culture changes you're doing that I've seen that it, like I thought was a really good idea was your little your weekly Friday game nights that you've been hosting for your kids to kind of get them around each other, keep them out of trouble, um, just and, and also just create a positive environment. Do you want to kind of talk about the idea behind that and kind of uh, what's kind of done for your program so far this summer? Um. So the idea came out of Philadelphia, Coach Bill Sistema. He was the head football coach at Frankfurt High. Um, and when he was head coach in that area of Philadelphia, a lot of his kids were victim to gun violence and stuff like that. So he started game night, and it was a program where he locked, basically locked the kids in the field house for a couple hours. And he got game systems and board games and food and all this kind of stuff. And what that did was it took the kids out of the planning stages of bad decision-making or adverse decision-making. So when I got here in our town and a lot of towns, some of our kids are around that adverse decision-making. And we also had a problem where our team kind of was just not one team, hence the, the we ride is one thing that we use here, but as, we wanted to unify the team and keep the kids away from those adverse decisions. Um, when I was talking to Bill and he goes, well, you should just do a game night. So basically what we did with game night is, is I went out and fundraised. So I actually talked to our ministerial alliance and they gave us a substantial amount of money, just earmarked for game night. So we have a separate game night account and did a little fundraising and we got a ton of donations. So, Right now we're up to four PlayStations, a couple TVs, a couple projectors, I think 75 board games and a bunch, and we get food every every time we do a game night. So what it's, what's been nice is we've had two so far. Um, we're, we were on a trial basis with the school doing it every other week and this is an off-season program because naturally friday night's during the season they're with us anyway um game night number one was about 32 kids and game night number two was about 37 which is a huge increase and the right kids are there and what i mean by right kids are there is our starting quarterback our starting wide receivers our running back like the guys that are going to get the game ball from the paper and all that kind of stuff like the superstars they were there. And what that is, that's huge for us because they're the guys that are going to lead the program. And if they're there having a good time sitting around the TV, eating pizza and doing whatever, then the guys that look up to them are going to start showing up too. And what it's turned into is the first game that I kind of had a prod kids in a playing games with each other. And I taught the kids a math game with cards. Um, <laughs> how to add a 21 and, um, 
they play Uno with each other and da da da. So the second game night, we just got the food and we handed out the food. And I pulled my chair up and I sat in the back of the field house. And the kids started playing games with each other, playing Uno's, like the little stack the chair game. And they were self sufficient, just being a team without coach intervention for, I had to kick them out. <laughs> I was like, all right, it's time for you guys to go. That, like, that, that, that's a good problem to have, coach. It awesome. It and it is because you, you in that setting, you want to have to kick them out because that means they want to be there. They feel safe there. They're having fun. They're bonding. And the fact that the numbers increase from week to week is it's actually working. Yeah. And we try to hit a local food, food spot every week, but yeah. And you're right. It is a good problem. Yeah. Uh, 100%. There, um, kind of continued from there is the culture change aspect. We kind of talk and we're not going to get super deep into it, but I mean, you, it, the school's been a very, very successful program up until pretty recently. And then it's kind of taken a downturn for a variety of reasons. Uh, COVID probably played a massively large part of, into that. Um, a lot of the restrictions and who came out and who didn't. Um, but you've kind of come in and try to force the culture change. You kind of talked a little bit about the academic piece, the game night piece. What else have you kind of done to help change that culture and head this into a massively positive direction? I think a big thing with me and the rest of the staff is the kids have to trust us and we have to trust them. And every school you go into has got a preconceived notion about kids and all oh, this kids, this kid, this is that. And we, we didn't want that to sway how we built. Um, the kids need to know that we're going to fight for them. And if it's something as simple as standing up for them when nobody else will, or making sure that they're lifting clothes or clean every day and almost a servant leadership style where if the kids trust us, they feel more comfortable. If they feel more comfortable, the vibe in the locker room's better. If the vibe in the locker room's better, there's less picking on each other and da 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 If there's less picking on each other, you retain more numbers. If you retain more numbers, you can develop more kids. If you develop more kids, you win more football games. Yeah. So it all comes down to that trust aspect. But a big part of that trust aspect is accountability. Now, they wrote a big article about accountability and all that, which I really appreciated. But what it really comes down to is we have, we will not budge on our expectations. For instance, every kid now has a pair of Crocs. I haven't seen so many Crocs since like 2005. Um, and I'm wearing Crocs now. So like we're in our dead week, so there will be no shoes worn, but kids would like lifting Crocs. Oh, I trust me. I know coach. I'm in, I've, I've, I'm fighting the same battle slowly. So if you show up in our weight room and Crocs, you are not allowed to lift. We send you home immediately. If you need a pair of shoes, I'll make sure you get shoes. Like, we'll fundraise for it. It'll come out of the Google Amo fund. I'll get shoes. But we have signs in our weight room with, and it says no lifting for a reason because there's some days that one of the coaches likes to wear Crocs before practice, but no lifting on the top and Crocs on the bottom. And believe it or not, there are images out there of, a crock with a circle around it and a line through it. Um, and I know it's something simple, but it's, we stick by our guns. If it's, if practice starts at five, cause of the heat, if you're not in that back end zone by five o'clock 
everybody who's late to run it. You're on time or you're late. You get to choose. And what we're doing is by holding them accountable for these little things is, is showing them that it's their choice yeah. whether they have a positive accountability or negative accountability. You weren't crocs in the weight room? Bye. Have a good day. You're late, you run. You do something great, we praise you for it. You do your job, we give you a fist bump and high five. But coming in with an iron fist and be like, this is a it cultural change takes time. But how you start to do it is you set a set, you set expectations, you don't waver. But there's also the educational aspect behind it. Like you need to be able to teach them that we're holding you accountable for this because we care about you. We don't want this to become an issue later in life or later in the season. And we tell the kids we're in a complete in the midst of a complete culture rehaul and we're trying to build Crowsville back to where it needs to be, where it should be, where it always has been. And you're either going to be a part of it or you're not. And once you put the onus in their hands, that's where we've seen our biggest result because they know what's up to them. Like, do you want to go two and seven or do you want to flip the script? Do you want to be known as the class that flipped the program around and got back to where we were in the districts and the state playoffs and all of that? Or do you want to be the part of the class that skated by? And ever since we started implementing those little accountability things, our numbers in the weight room have increased. And I never thought that that would be the effect. I just wanted things to be more uniform. I wanted there to be more discipline. And I think the biggest thing that makes kids want to come back and be there is it's not just, well, you're a craphead because you keep messing up. It's, we're not going to give up on you and we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to teach you the right way to do things in the process. Now, my, my, my next question is, because you've dealt with the weight room a good portion of your career, um, especially uh, when you were still coaching D3. Um, but what, what kind of, I mean, you mentioned the weight room a little bit there. What kind of system have you brought? What, what changes have you made? I mean, where has kind of been your focus and in, in development from a strength and conditioning weight room portion? Um, I think the big thing is, and I can't take all the credit for this because one of the coaches on my staff is um, a CSCS and the other guy has been doing this for 20 something years. So with all of our minds combined, the big thing is you have to teach the kids how to lift. And I think that's a forgot. And I don't mean how to squat. Like every, every person's got to teach their kid how to squat. Every coach that got to teach your kids how to squat, deadlift, clean, whatever lifts you're doing. Even something as needle as a box jump, you have to teach them how to do. What I mean, teach them how to lift is how to come in and be efficient in the weight room. Because they're at the peak. Like they're going to build the most muscle at this point in their life. Like they're at puberty, their testosterone's rolling, da 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 da. They're eating like crazy. Like that's just life. When you go into the weight room, it's there's the all business guys, there's the lax guys, and there's the in between. And we kind of need to be in between because what's the most important part of the, why, why are we lifting? and to want to help win football games and build a healthier lifestyle. But we also have to tend to like, what are the kids like? And I know coaches don't want to think about that, but if you want the kids in the weight room, sometimes you have to make a little concession. And I don't mean like concession. We're not going to squat because Jimmy doesn't like to squat because he doesn't want to look like this or whatever. It's 
on Fridays, we do curls for the girls. Like simple things like that. But in the process of building this weight program and in the process of making goofy things that they actually like to do that's kind of fun and competition style stuff and stuff like that, it's take the way the lifts and everything. It's a culture of the weight room that needs to be better. And every place, I believe it's army's got, I mean, I get it, but you look at those videos, army lifting, those guys are savages. They're also at West point. So, but you want your weight room to emulate something that's organized and the kids know that what a superset is and how you actually do a superset. You go from one thing to the other and, and all that kind of stuff. So the big thing that we're fighting when I first got here in January and now is teaching this key, these kids how to navigate a weight room and get a workout done. Perfect, coach. Now, one of the other things I've always wanted to ask you, because like I said, you, when you were at Keystone, you were in charge of the weight room. Um, what, what, I mean, from a starting point for high school coaches, do you have any like book recommendations or resources that you kind of like, Hey, these are some good resources for guys to use and to pick up. Um, most of the stuff that I've really gathered about how to build strength programs and organize weight room and stuff like that, I've actually not necessarily become from books, um, but people. And um, one being Dontavious Smith, he's the offense coordinator at um, Keystone College. Uh, Brian Fox, head coach at Elyria Catholic now in Ohio. Um, Kevin Allensworth, our D-line and water super coach here, he's had a CSCS for 20 years. And for me, yes, I, I love the value of books. I read a book a month. It's kind of my way to get away from the, the madness for 30 minutes a day. But I think there's something that happens when you have a real conversation with another football coach who works with athletes. And it's not that I'm devaluing the value of a book. It's Human resources are huge. Like Bill Crawford, one of the strongest men in America who trains athletes in Glens Falls, New York. He's a thousand pound bencher, one of those really huge, strong guys, but he also paid, played division one linebacker. And a lot of the training that he does in this thing when he's not doing the metal militia is doing or working with college athletes and high school athletes. And I think that verbal conversations about the weight room where you can actually bounce questions like Fox or and I've known, I worked, I was one of Fox's GAs and I was like, Fox, or Brian, is this dumb? And he goes, yeah, that's not, no. Or when Kevin Ellsworth came in, when he, when he got here and he goes, coach, why do you call it this? I was like, just what I've always called it. He's like, that's not what the lift's name is. I said, okay, well, we can change it. If that's not what you want. Like, you can have real conversations with these people. And I think building a network of coaches like coach and I have, or you and I have coach, I mean, yeah. and being able to verbally bounce things off of people is huge. And again, I'm not taking away the value of reading a book or an article because I read articles all the time on strength and conditioning, but when it comes down to questions and building a program and how to do this and how to do that, I'm going to pick up the phone and call one of those guys and be like, look, I'm having this issue. I need a suggestion on how to fix it. And I'll talk to two or three of them about this same issue. And if they give me all the same thing, then yeah. But 
if they have different ones, I find out which one's best for our kids. No, perfect, Coach. Now, like, I mean, obviously you're building a program at the moment, and you're, there's a certain trajectory for where you're going, but you've also said there's a lot of new things. Like, there's a lot of kids who haven't – I mean, you got 20-plus new kids coming out who've never done indie or who've never done X, Y, Z. So when, when you've done some of your practices summers where in your installs, how have you gone through that process with so many new kids of installing and teaching? I think a lot of it's in a step-by-step -step basis. I mean, my philosophy is part, part, whole. Um, actually we have two different philosophies on the field because my defensive coordinators like whole part whole like he likes to teach concept and come back and break it down and then put the concept back together so offensively we're part part whole which means we're going to i'm going to use receivers because up until coach allensworth got here he was finishing up his uh, teaching contract up north uh, up north in st louis nothing here's north um but i had to coach wide receivers and what we would do was if we had a post out concept we would teach posts how to run a post and then we would teach the out and then we'd put it together and be like all right this is concept name these are the two routes that are in it the one route receiver runs the post which we just ran and the number two route receiver runs the end which we just ran and then you put it together but if you go on the board and just start writing a bunch of football lingo like some of these kids don't even know what i mean every high school in america some kids don't even know what a post is. But if you teach them and teach them to run a post and teach them to run out, and then we put it all together, they see how it fits together now that they have the stance and start and stack and inside release and outside release and all that stuff. And then they can run the route and see how it fits in with the number two route and see how that fits in with the number three route and see how that fits in with here. I think it really helps the kid. It's just like teaching them math. You don't give them the quadratic equation off the bat. Yeah, teach them to add first and subtract and then PEMDAS or whatever they use now and Common Core. And then you give them the quadratic equation and let them put everything together. And football is the same way. You can't be football. You might think of football 500, but a lot of you kids are football 99. So you have to find a way. And this is what the coach's job is, is to take your 500 level football thought put it in football 99 for the kids and get them to football 101 by the time the game starts. And the last question I got for you is obviously there's a lot of transition. There's a lot of changes. Again, you have a lot of young and new kids. What is your biggest goal for this season for for this team as you kind of work on rebuilding this program? I just want to see that those kids are just going to fight alongside each other and Yes, I mean, Crowsville's got the history of championships and 10 and one seasons. And yes, I mean, for us to get back there, we have to take it a, a week at a time. And as much as everybody's looking forward to week nine at Haytai, which are big rival, um, we have to get ready in the summer. The only person that we're competing against is ourselves. And we're going to run the seven on sevens. But when we look at seven on sevens, do we get better? And then we're going to start getting ready for Malden. And every week in the season, if we grow, that's a win. And, yes, we always want to go out there and win the game because we're going to try to do every week. Like, we're competitors. We want to win. But 
what we really, what I really want to see is our kids unified to the same goal and fighting for 48 minutes with not an ounce to give up in them. And that's going to take time. And we're going to have some ups and downs and ups and downs. It's going to be a football emotional roller coaster all season. But if we can keep one thing level headed, as all those kids are unified and fighting towards the same goal, no matter who we're playing, whether it's a powerhouse or whether it's not a powerhouse, and we're fighting for the same goal every week, and those kids are encouraging each other and helping each other, and the coaches are able to do their job and coach the game and coach their position and call their plays then that's a win for us. And I know that's a long-winded answer to a short question, but as long as we can keep this team unified, it we can do something special with them. And yes, we're in the middle of a rebuild, and we'll get to the back to where the Crothersville's been and where Crothersville should be. But we need to get these kids moving in the right – all 40 of them marching in the same direction. Perfect, Coach. Well, coaches, uh, his Twitter will be in the bio. Uh, give Coach a follow. He's doing a lot of good things right now. Um, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Uh, check out our sponsor, Coach Pad, in the bio of the video. Um, and then that is in our episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast.